Hello, and welcome to Unsheet with your hosts, Kyle Gold and Cam Hirosaki. We hope that you enjoy the program. Please stick around afterwards. There'll be cake and blowjobs. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Unsheathed episode number 87. We are live in the wilderness of Canada up at Camp Farrell. I think there must be like 500 people here. What do you think? <laughs> oh, God. I mean, it's hard to see the, you know, there's just, it's just a sea of people and they all just blend in together. It's hard to see the trees for the campers. Um, since, I don't uh, think that's a thing. <laughs> it is now. Um, since this is our first time recording up at Camp Farrell, we'll do a little introduction. Uh, I'm Kyle Gold. And I am Rikoshi. Hello. <laughs> and uh, yes, we, we would just like to say, oh, hi, Camp Farrell. Oh, Um, and uh, we are no it's bullshit don't even ask (laughs) (laughs) let's go outside Um, we're a podcast we talk about um, writing mostly and since uh, Rikoshi and I have both been known to pen the occasional adult story our topics sometimes stray into the adult area of writing but um, mostly we talk about storytelling and we're not a very sexy podcast everything no not really um Except, uh, except sometimes, but this is not one of those times. No. Um, so, who out there has heard our podcast before? Oh wow, that's cool. About half. Beat nice. out, you beat out Rocky Mountain Furka. Huh? Yes, <laughs> we had a lot of first timers there. Um, well, we oh, are we divergentized people. What was I just saying about <laughs> yes. not having a sexy podcast? Oh, well. oh me, oh you. <laughs> um, but we are we are delighted to be here. It is my second time at Camp Farrell. It is Rikoshi's first. Yes, it's my first time in the fabled Canadas. And um, I think we can say with safety that it will not be the last. Oh, no. This has been amazing. Um, uh, wait, did, did we even mention why I'm here yet? No, we didn't. No. Yeah. But, um, they asked me to come here as one of their guests of honor. So, yay. yay! I, was, I was like... Like, one day, just out of the blue, I got, like, this email from, like, Pottery, like, hey, do you want to come and be guest of honor? And I was just like, I, I think my first line in my email response was, wait, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. I think when, when you told me, I said something like, it's about time. Aw, uh, well, thank you. Uh, it's cool. I, I've... But no, um, yeah, like Feral and Feral staff, and just every like everything and everyone this week so far has been amazing. This has been just it it, it has consistently blown my mind at like how positive an experience this all is. I mean, just I have not had a a dull minute since I got here, and <laughs> which well, I mean, you, I mean, ex- perfectly. Well, I was gonna say except for like parts of Plan Nine from outer space and the room, which were pretty dull, but like. <laughs> On purpose. Yes. If, if uh, by, by the way, for those listening later on, if there are in jokes in this podcast that you do not get, go and watch the room and then listen again because uh, then you will get pretty much everything. Speaking of dull moments, can I, like I just want to say that like the sex scenes in the room are the most boring, unsexy sex scenes I've ever seen. Like, yeah, they no, are that was bad. That was, that was an offense against adult entertainment. Um, we we also have. The other guest of honor this year at Camp Farrell, Black Tegan. Yeah! 
And I am Black Tegan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, I didn't see you there. <laughs> um, and this is also Black Tegan's first time at Camp Farrell. Yes, and it's it's fantastic and amazing. So awesome, Camp Farrell. <laughs> and the last person we have up here with us is the chair of Camp Farrell, the Rugoil Potteroo. Or I'm sorry, is it Potteroo? It's so many different things. You can't. But <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome. Thank you for joining us, and and thank you for inviting these lovely people up, and for uh, allowing us to kind of invade your camp with our podcast. Oh. Uh- I love camp invasions. <laughs> Today it was spiders. And was uh, it? Ask, ask yes. March and Zabu about it. The first day it was moose, apparently. Yeah. So I guess we're scaling down. It'll be like ants soon. Uh-oh. And uh, and and Paru is the guy who, along with all of the Camp Feral staff, makes this happen. So big Yay. cheers. Camp Feral staff. If it, you you can't see this because we're we're a podcast, but beer was just handed to everybody as that was happening. So and, and can <laughs> yes. So, and and can can you tell us a little bit about the beer? Yes, uh, this beer is brewed by my dad, uh, Papa Goyle, who is in the audience right now. Dad, <laughs> he makes the beer for Pharaoh uh, to get people crunk. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is it is very good beer. I um, I had it for the first time last night. I had my my official feral stein, and um, I went up and I I gave it to Nao. I'm like, yeah, give me some beer, and he just filled this thing to the top. And I'm like, I'm not going to drink that much beer. And then I went through four of them. So. <laughs> yeah, feral this year for um, sponsors and guests of honor have these lovely dark blue steins with the feral logo on them which hold a surprising amount of liquid and in at least one case are cursed to splash nearby people (laughs) they're dangerous at least mine is so (laughs) stay away um so our idea is we're going to talk to black tegan for a little bit um we're going to talk to potaroo for a little bit and then we're going to open up to a couple questions from the audience we're going to try to keep it short because the musician's circle is coming in after us and I only mention that to make all the people who are listening to this podcast later at home who can't stay for the magi- musician circle jealous. Yes. <laughs> because it is awesome. It was. I, w- I want to have a magician circle now. I know. I, I know, right? We, we can get decks down here, you know. Um, <laughs> so we'll start with Black Tegan, who this year has a is part of a team that has a new book out, which is getting rave reviews all over the place. Well, it's technically a graphic novel. It so. is. But that is still a legitimate oh, form of writing. <laughs> Thank you for that. I feel validated. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> and um, that's what we do. It is. It is the first book in the Nordgard series called Across Thin Ice um, by Tegan and Kenket. And would uh, tell us a little bit about it. I'm, is there anybody in the audience who is not familiar with the Nordgard books? We have a couple. Okay. Oh, wow. Well, first let me start by saying that it is awesome, but I'm biased, so, you know. But it's an Arctic action-adventure graphic novel, 75 pages, full color, pretty awesome. So, um, you know, it's about a rescue team, and they're sent north at the turn of the 20th century, and they think they know what's going to happen, but everything goes horribly awry, and um, you should totally check it out. You should, absolutely. How long did it take you guys to... Put this novel together. Well, it's it's done entirely in traditional novels, media. 
And um, so it took actually about two years. Each page represents about 40 hours worth of work. And I mean, I wrote it, and then uh, Ken Kett told me the stupid parts, and I took them out. <laughs> and, um, then I laid it out, and I sketched it, and she cleaned up my horrifically loose sketches and uh, inked it and then painted it. And it took a really long time, but, you know, we put a lot into it, and I, I hope people enjoy it. And so far, response has been good. So um, It is actually... Uh for those of you who don't know the comics world, Diamond Comics is the only distributor of comic books in uh, North America, the world. I don't know. Well, it's the it, largest in North America. It's the largest in North America. And, and they do well, overseas stuff. It's right. It's pretty much it's pretty much the only one that has f- full country distribution, as far as I know. Um, they made across the United States staff pick in their August previews catalog. So, rec- yeah, so highly out recommended. Of, out of thousands. Yeah. Ah. Uh. Well done, Blocks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that one's not in the room for those of you following at home. Well, our philosophy has always been that instead of trying to outgrow the fandom or the furry fandom, we want to make it bigger and we want to bring people in and show them that a lot of cool stuff is here and, you know, talking animals everyone can relate to and enjoy. And the fandom is not a scary place. It's a wonderfully awesome place full of really cool people. Yes. So. I'll Including everyone in this room. Yeah. Yes. One of, one of the really cool things about Camp Feral is by this time, this is the end of the second day of three days, three full days, and by this time, most of the people in the room are not just an audience, they're actually friends of ours, because we've been hanging out and living with them for a couple days, we've been climbing high ropes, we've been talking about storytelling, we've been eating every meal together, um, it's just, it's such a great immersive experience, you know, we've been sitting on docks invaded by spiders. I have lost all track of when I am, it basically boils out to <laughs> flashlight time and non-flashlight time, <laughs> that's pretty much what it is to me right now. And, uh, yeah. So that that's one of the really cool things about Feral. We, uh, uh, Kit and I loved it the last time we were here, and we're just so excited to be back and to be bringing these cool people here as well. Yeah, I had a, a or few... rather to be accompanying these people who were brought by Rue and Camp Feral. <laughs> like, I, I had a few minutes breather earlier today. I think it was uh, just after dinner before... We were dragged off to improv because some people didn't tell us that the guests of honor have to do improv. Uh, that was a surprise, but um, I was just I was just in my cabin for a few minutes, and I was just like, okay, I can like just sit here. And I thought, and I'm just like thinking about this. I'm just like, I don't think I've ever been to like any like convention or furry gathering where like the entire time I've just been like cranked up like having fun like without being like you know too tired or too cranky or too stressed out i'm just like i'm like this is amazing and like <laughs> i just like it blows my mind like over and over again so you know i really need to hand it to the people who put this thing on and yes so it's the and fresh air <laughs> it's canada canada is magic i've been telling everyone all week that canada's magical because it's like my first time here you should tell them why uh canada is quite magical okay oh, yeah so yeah so i <laughs> i fly to what was Buff- the first thing you did in canada uh, <laughs> well we have to start where basically like i woke up at three thirty in the morning was like on planes all day met up with black tegan in chicago flew some more and you know into buffalo the faded cubic zirconium of the american northeast <laughs> and uh from there um 
getting Kyle picked us up and drove us into Canada. And then, like, as soon as I get to Canada, it's just like, bam, epic five course meal. Here's some drinks. We're going to take you to a casino. I walk into a casino and come out $130 richer. And I'm just like, <laughs> we, we, should, we should point out that the five course meal and the casino were courtesy of Feral Stafford Grex and his partner Michael, who are amazing hosts and wonderful people. And um, they have a gorgeous we, house. Oh my God. They're, yeah. And they're just, they're, they offered to put us up for a night uh, the night before Farrell, and they're they're just awesome. We're so glad that uh, I know Grex was away for a few years from Farrell, and yes, he I'm was. sure you guys must be as delighted to have him back as it was so uh, good to have him back. Yeah, crazy. Also, he makes terrific wine. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Like, I just just talking about like how magical this is, is bringing out my inner queen. <laughs> <laughs> like I can hear it in my voice. I'm like, oh my god, I'm getting out so hard. <laughs> but yeah, these guys had never seen the falls, so they took us down to the falls to see the casino, and then there's the casino where they have you know membership so wait they let ricky loose in the casino and he came out with a 130 extra dollars so but on penny slots yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, literally every time i got up from a slot machine and walked to another one i would bump into black teague and just by chance in the casino and would show her my current winning slip and she would just roll her eyes at me she's like how <laughs> and i was like because canada is magical <laughs> To her, to her credit, she did not punch him at all during that time. I spent I spent my whole early life always making fun of Canadian money, and now I can't get enough of it. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, and actually, Canadian money is now worth more. The Canadian dollar is worth more than the U.S. dollar now. I know, which means I'm even happier to have won that much. Yes. Um, well, speaking of the people who put Farrell on. Um, Potteru is the chair, and so maybe you could tell us a little bit about like how Farrell came to be, and then we you have some of your own creative endeavors that we'd like to talk to you about, too. Sure. Uh, Farrell is a strange mishmash of ideas. Uh, if I remember the story correctly, and I'll probably be beaten later, um, there were... Oh, <laughs> I'm getting pointed at already. Um, <laughs> there were three ideas that sort of came up around the same time the first AAC came together. It was 1997. And people came back from, uh, it was in Albany, back to Toronto and had these ideas. One wanted to hold a Toronto furry event, just a furry meet. Um, Another one was a bit more creative and thought, let's have a furry university where there are workshops and furries come and learn things. And then the third one said, let's have a summer camp. (laughs) So they all bounced around each other a little bit. And I guess they banged into each other enough that they mushed. So we ended up with this collection. And that's why you have this toronto-based in in the north not the north southern ontario toronto-based summer camp that has lots of workshops and it started in 1998 and it started right here in camp erawan 1998 and it's been going strong for 14 years it's actually the fourth oldest furry convention ever at this point so (laughs) what we got furries out of the basement into the woods, and they kept coming back for 14 years. So, <laughs> so it's cool. Fresh air. Yeah. Like, All right, nature. <laughs> but, but it's not just nature, because Farrell also has a, a real strong commitment to the creative arts. Mm-hmm. Um, and you told me a couple years ago that you guys wanted to do things like writing workshops. You have uh, leatherworking workshops, um, ears and tails. When you had musicians here, you had uh, Colson here last year. He's well-known on the podcast, and he did some... 
uh, songwriting workshops? Or yeah, he did a songwriting workshop. Uh, we kind of sat and uh, bounced ideas around among musicians. It's pretty. It's pretty collaborative here. So the workshop was more like a, a chit chat, and everybody <laughs> kind of talked about how they write songs and came away with a better idea of how you can write better songs. So yeah. so, so yeah, and and you sound like you're a musician yourself. Sometimes. Sometimes when I remember, I forget easy. <laughs> so, what's what's your creative process in songwriting? How what have you written, and you know how do you go about it? How do you compare um, it to other creative arts that you've seen? It's weird. I got started early. I played instruments early, but I I didn't never thought of myself as like being in a band. And then uh, I came a, came from a small town called Aaron, Ontario, which had a gigantic music scene that nobody's ever heard of because. It's a small town. We all thought it was big. And there was this one band there called Wendell, and it just they inspired me to want to be in a band. So back in high school, 1993, started in a band, and I sort of learned the art of working with another person to write songs. So me and my friend Ryan, we wrote songs together for about three years, and we, it was sort of a we-needed-each-other thing. You, one of us could not write a good song. The other person had to step in. So even if it was like a John Lennon writing his song it's like Paul McCartney had to step in and go no 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 right that's horrible <laughs> so when, when did Yoko show up and ruin everything Yoko showed up uh, this red haired Yoko showed up and ruined everything <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> that's a big lie I'm joking <laughs> like, he, 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 I think you just broke his soul <laughs> Actually, what, he's there in the audience right now. It does. What, uh, what actually led to the band not playing together anymore was every single one of us was going to a different school. And suddenly, you, the high school band can't seem to work anymore. So uh, I went into theater, because that's what you do when you can't play music, I guess. <laughs> and uh, after getting a theater degree and realizing that it's very hard to act... Uh, and get a job doing so I started doing music again and it was my own stuff but it was kind of messy and crazy and weird and just last year me and Ryan have rehooked up again oh awesome and so we're starting to write songs together again so it's now we're back to fixing each other's horrible mistakes which is perfect <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of curious one of my favorite stories about the Beatles is that um, Lennon and McCartney had been writing together for so long that sort of towards the end of their collaboration um they would, even when they were writing songs by themselves, like Paul would come in and would be playing a song for John, and then John would go, oh, I like that part. And Paul would be like, yeah, that's the part I put in for you. Actually, <laughs> that does that does happen, uh, where when we'd be writing songs, uh, he he was his way of thinking was, uh, I guess, sort of emo-projectional. <laughs> I made up a word. Emo-projectional. Nice. He would say... If he had a girl problem, he would say... creativity on the podcast. Like yeah, yeah. Cool. No, we, we are totally in favor of making up new words Excellent. on the podcast. Emo projectional. If he had a problem with a girlfriend, it was her fault. Mm-hmm. Um, I was the opposite. So if I was like, if there's something going wrong, maybe there was something I did that caused this to happen. So when he'd write a song that he knew I would be singing, he always reversed it so that it would... He changed it from, it's all your fault to it's all my fault <laughs> so it sort of became this like opposite thing and he always knew because like, I would feel awkward if I went up and I'm like it's all your fault I'd be like aww that feels weird so oh, that's yeah. very cool because yeah. I know um, I've, I have a regular writing group I've talked about on the podcast before and I know there's a couple of people who when I'm writing stories if it's a certain kind of story I'll put in little parts and I'll be thinking about a certain person and then they'll read the story and be like like with 
Rikoshi, actually. Like, I really like that part. Like, yeah, I put that in for you. (laughs) Um, And Tegan's also part of a collaborative creative process. Um, And you actually mentioned when you were talking about the the Nordgard comic that Ken Kett would take out the parts that are stupid and... Is there is there a lot of back and forth between the two of you? Uh, definitely. I mean, you know, when you go and you write something and you feel really, like, invested in it and you think it's the greatest thing ever, but you really need that extra set of eyes to tell you. It's like, no, it's stupid. And, you know, it, you get a stronger, more straightforward story that way anyway. So, yeah, it's good. But. And uh, and Kit also tells me what parts of my stuff are stupid <laughs> before, before they even get to anyone else. We all sound so dysfunctional. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there's... <laughs> Your brains are stupid. <laughs> stupid, stupid. <laughs> I, think, I think the lesson, if there is a, a lesson to be learned from all this, is it's, there's kind of a, a sweet spot number of people that, can, that are really optimal for any kind of creative work. And you do get people who claim that because you're the artist and you have the primary idea, nobody else should interfere with that. But those are all people like Dave Sim, who I'm sorry to say is Canadian and is also probably clinically insane at this point. Um, he just slowly went mad over writing his comic book, but he was very you know, adamant about nobody else should interfere with my story. And honestly, I think the story could have used a little interfering with later <laughs> on. And Maybe a little more than a little. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean... There's there's a whole entry on TV trips called Cerebus Syndrome, which is when your story just goes batshit crazy. It's like, how did this happen to what was going on before? Does it also mention what happens when your author goes batshit crazy? Oh, yeah, probably. Uh, anyway, we won't we won't spend time bashing him here in his home country. Um, do, do they deport us for that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think he's much of a national treasure. Oh. How many... How many how many people have read Cerebus in the audience? Oh. One, two, three. One looks angry. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, uh, if a, if a, just to let everybody know, if a Canadian artist hasn't made it big in in the U.S., uh, I don't think we cherish them yet, unless really? they're the tragically hip. Really? Then we cherish okay. them, but uh, I I have yet to figure out why. Huh. <laughs> I didn't oh. mean that. It was a joke. <laughs> Scandal. Wow. I know. I, I, and I, I'm I, fired. <laughs> I, I will also say that this weekend is the first time in a couple of years that I heard the name Brian Adams. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Can I say a quick little story? I've seen Brian yeah, Adams in please. concert even. We're, we're all about stories. Me and a friend were driving today. So quick. We were driving today and they had, have you ever heard like a mega mix when a DJ puts on one steady beat and just keeps mixing songs over that one beat so uh-huh. it's droning and annoying and it's stupid and they eventually just throw in songs that don't even make sense. There was like all these like modern dance songs going on with this droning drum beat and then Summer of 69 started playing. <laughs> but it was Summer of 69. Summer of 60. Boom. <laughs> it was so weird. So wow. Yeah, I think um, Adams. I think I had heard of a uh, a DJ doing that with uh, Bob Seger songs to basically prove that they were all the same. <laughs> so you couldn't tell where one ended and the other started. <laughs> That's a good DJ. But um, anyway, um, I think we'd like to open it up now. If anyone in the audience has questions for any of the four of us, we have a microphone here. Do not be shy. Um, please step right up. Introduce yourself into the mic. And uh, ask us your question. Uh, hi, I'm Isaac Coyote, and oh, my question is... Oh, hi, Isaac. Oh, hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> my question is actually going to be for uh, Black Tegan. All right. 
<laughs> I'm ready. Let's do it. So, um, as a fellow hopeful graphic novel author, I was wondering what your writing process involved. Um, I think the first thing, uh, from the writing standpoint, that you should do is you should approach it like a script, like to a screenplay. And, you know, if it's going to be a multi-book thing, have a general story arc first. I mean, that's any sort of series. But, um, so when I do it, personally, as I write sort of like a snippet of a scene or like a, a bit of a description, and then, you know, I just work mostly on dialogue. Because, I mean, I have the benefit of that I'm laying it out and sketching it, that I sort of kind of can picture it. But I think if you were not going to be the artist, you would probably just want to include more description in your scene. Or, like, if there's something specific, like you want the character to be reaching across the table at that moment, you know, you'd include a line about that. But I do think a screenplay is just a good place to start the writing process. And um, when you are working with an, with an artist after that, you would you could negotiate away. It's like, hey, what's easiest for you? How many, pro- you know, how much do you need to go by? That sort of thing. So. <laughs> Anyone else? Come on up. Don't be shy. Please don't Come be on. shy. Please don't be shy. Yay. Please ask us questions. Yay. Hello, I'm Eleni from Scotland. Hi, Eleni. Oh, wow. My question I love, is. I love your name, actually. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Reference it's for the actually, win. Yes. <laughs> Um, it's actually kind of a take on a Welsh name by a guy called Lloyd Alexander uh-huh. that wrote books. But anyways, my question is to all four of you. What is your favourite part of Camp Ferro so far? Oh. That's a good question. Do we want to want to start uh, down there and end with you? Let's start with me. Uh, start with Let's you, all right. Timber would like me to say Timber. <laughs> Aww. Aww. I'll put him as a tie. But honestly, my favorite time, uh, this is uh, the first feral where things are, oh God, things are running so smoothly, but, <laughs> but uh, not only does the entire staff and everybody feel more chill, which everybody seems much more relaxed because uh, there's nobody running with an, like a radio glued to their ear looking angry. Uh, I, I, will say, I will say that I think the whatever 15, 20 minutes we've been on this podcast equals the total amount of time that I saw you two years ago when we were yeah, here. <laughs> probably, probably. Um, I actually got out in a canoe this year. Um, last time I went canoeing uh, at a con was probably Feral 2001. So a decade ago. So, uh, yeah, I, for the first time, saw Erewhon from the water, which was really it's cool. It's spectacular. So, yeah. and when, you, when this is sort of like your... No, I wouldn't say your baby, but this, the thing that is your annual thing, and this is what you look forward to every year, seeing it from a completely different perspective was pretty crazy. So that was my favorite part so far. Um, it's, it's really difficult to pin down one activity because, um, God, we love the, the improv. We love the workshops. Uh, the meals are actually way better than they have any right to be at a camp, um, which uh, Kit and I wrote a little article about, which is on the website. I thought they were exaggerating, and they weren't. Um, but uh, as much as I love the nature and scenery and everything, I have to say that my favorite part of Camp Farrell is the people. Um, just everyone here is friendly. That's true. But... Um, you know, my, my, my story is when uh, Kit and I came here two years ago, we didn't know anyone. I had emailed with Paul Russo. I kind of knew him. He picked us up at the airport. He said, you'll recognize me by the pink mohawk, which did work. Um, for the record, 
try it if you have somebody meeting you that you've never seen in person. Um, yeah. Um, but just in the three-hour bus ride on the way up, we met a bunch of people who were great. And, you know, by the end of the weekend, we were hugging and, you know, saying, keeping in touch. And we've made uh, several good friends that we've kept in touch with uh, over the two years and several friends that we were really delighted to see um, a couple days ago when we got back on the bus. And, you know, without the people, this would be just, you know, a really nice weekend in a really pretty spot. Um, but it's really the people that make this special. Uh. <laughs> um. No, I, I will. I will. I will back up the notion that like the people here are awesome. I mean, like all of the campers I've met who have come up to talk to me are really cool. Uh, like staff has been amazingly helpful, like really chill and friendly. Pretty much everyone on staff at some point or another has like stopped and gone like, "Wow, it's really cool that like you're the guest of honor and you're not like a total dick." And I'm just like, <laughs> "I'm like, wow, really? Like, is that like a problem? Like, like, like that asshole two years ago?" No, I, <laughs> but no, it's just and like I was just like. I'm like, okay, like, like, oh, yeah, so it's like, wow, like, you're actually, like, hanging out with people and, like, going to events with, like, the camp. I'm like, why would I come to a camp in the middle of the woods if I didn't want to do camping events? I mean, that just seems like a straightforward thing. Um, okay, so, like, my actual, like, highlight moment from since being here, though, if you had asked me at dinner time today, I probably would have said it was my fruit-smashing goal at Watermelon Football on Thursday. <laughs> but um, I, th I think that my experience at Improv earlier tonight surpassed that. I had actually never done improv before, and I just... Which like, is amazing. If, if, to, those of you who, to those of you who were there, do you believe that he had never done improv no. before? No. <laughs> I, I just like, you know what? I, I was sitting there in the audience like, in the audience earlier like watching stuff I'm like okay like you know just kind of go with the flow let it all out and make people laugh and it's like oh I can do that we kind of try to do that every week on the pod show I know but although it was very different and I got to kill Black Deegan so yeah for the record Black Deegan was also exceptional in the I got to kill Black Deegan with a chicken that was not my favorite moment. Um, <laughs> Hail Mary. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, Farrell is really hard con to, to qualify, or just to quantify for awesomeness, because it's really unique. It's amazingly unique. And everything is so much fun. I, I never had the chance to go to summer camp as a kid. But, you know, I can really see the appeal here, because you, you make a lot of amazing friends, and you have a lot of fun and every single moment of the day is packed like when you go to a normal con at least for me as an artist and a dealer i'm on my feet i work eight hours sometimes 10 hours and then i'm grouchy and i want to go to sleep and i want to talk to anybody <laughs> ever again but here it's just it's awesome and you get to you get to talk with people you get to hang out and you get to run around and just do stupid stuff and really i just i love the frivolity of it and that is my favorite thing it's it's, it's so much fun so thank you feral thank you <laughs> I, I think we have like a new quote. I love the frivolity of it. Yeah, it's gonna be oh, a, on a website next year. <laughs> It'll be underneath, right underneath you, tearing me apart, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> I would just like to interject that sure. um, last year was kind of a dream for me. Uh, last year the theme was Friday, a uh, Friday the Thirteenth based theme, and I grew up on slasher films, so the thought that like throwing 
furries in the woods for a summer camp and naming the theme after a movie about people being killed in the woods at a summer camp and it working just blew my mind and one of my other beautiful like big loves is B movies uh-huh. so the fact that this B movie experience is working uh-huh. <laughs> I was so worried I would sit down for plan 9 last night and like two minutes in people would just go uh, I think I'm leaving <laughs> is this what we're honoring no <laughs> But people laughed, and people thought it was fun, and most people kind of get the idea of something so bad it's good, and I think it's the kind of thing that you can have a lot of fun honoring. So yeah, yeah, it's it's a great theme. A lot of a lot of convention themes kind of get they're they're great for like the publicity material, and you know, as Tegan said, uh, like like Tegan, I spend a lot of my time in the dealer's room now, um, behind a table, and. When you're there, there might be a few things in the art show that kind of relate to that theme, but by and large, it's a convention. It's a hotel con, and they all kind of blend together. Um, but you guys have really embraced your themes, and uh, tell tell a little more about how you're you're doing the B movie theme this year because you have a couple things going on. Sure. Uh, well, the first thing that we did was we when we decided that B movies would be something fun to play with. It was it was a lot like writing a story. We had like this very basic idea, like. B-movies, but that's so broad. So we started breaking it down. And uh, at, at the con last year, I realized that it was a lot like uh, you were in a Friday the 13th movie because there were people walking around with a little Jason card. They flash it at you. There's a chance you could die. So like, I thought, what if like we made next year's con a B-movie, but it's a fake B-movie? And what would happen if we like came up with a whole storyline that we then interjected into things? And so we just sat around for like, basically a year bouncing really silly ideas off each other and trying to mash together all the cliches of a B-movie until in the end we have basically what Feral is, a bunch of people running around thinking they're turning into animals. And that's the B-movie that we made up for this whole con. So, fooled you! <laughs> <laughs> and you guys you guys promoted it with a series of videos. Yeah, yeah, we made a series of videos. Uh, we came up in May to film them. Uh, as many of the staff as we could drag up came up here. Everybody took on really bizarre characters, many of which were way out of league with their actual personality. And... Uh, Based, we filmed like four short scenes and a few additional scenes. And uh, Symbio, who is uh, our staffer, he started in 2003. He's back again this year. Uh, in the interim, uh, worked in film, so he was able to actually take it and make it something real. So uh, yeah, I, I think we ended up with something so bad it was good. <laughs> it's very cool, and it's the frivolity of it all too. <laughs> and then actually, Rikoshi continued it from where the videos left off. Yes. Uh, yeah, so I wrote a, a little short snippet that um, is online. It's on the campferral.org website, uh, which, you know, it, it's basically like episode five, like the video close code to episode four. And a much better episode five than... <laughs> oh, don't even. Don't even. We're not, we only have ten minutes left, we're so not, I can't start your Yeah, no, now. we're not having this argument. Anyway. <laughs> it wasn't an argument. I was just trying to get you started. Don't even... <laughs> Don't even ask. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, and then for the con book, I wrote uh, the follow-up to that, which basically, it's um, you know, Rue sent me the rules to the camp game, which incorporates all this. So I'm like, okay, so I sort of abstracted that into um, an at-camp uh, scenario. People are pointing around me. Just keep, going just keep talking. Okay, I'm talking. <laughs> and uh, so you know by now not to pay I got, attention. I got a, making bizarre gestures during the podcast. Sure, <laughs> but um, 
I don't know if if, if anyone's read the the comic book story without having seen the videos. I apologize because it probably makes no sense. Um, <laughs> it is wonderfully B movie. Oh, that's good. Okay, somebody says it does. So um, <laughs> it is wonderfully B movie though. Uh, that was the uh, point. It, it's a very different style from how I usually write. It's actually really hard to intentionally write something bad um, without it just without it just looking like oh, this person doesn't know how to write. Um, and, and you've actually tried a couple times uh-huh. in uh, the Iron Author competitions. Yeah, I got dishonorable mention uh, at Anthrocon this year for writing a uh, Lady Gaga He-Man crossover fanfic. <laughs> get get co- co-starring Chester Ringtail. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> he so, makes out with Stinkor at one point. Uh, every, but no, um, so, and actually, the well, the biggest challenge for writing the stories for Feral was where he's like, oh yeah, like I want you to like you know write about all these people on staff who are real people that you have never met, and now write these horrible parody versions of them. And I'm just like, oh my god, 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 how do I do this? <laughs> and then I saw the videos, and I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Neo's crazy. It, it's, uh, the the line where I think it's I think it's Zabu who says like, oh, it's like he thinks he's the prison queen Lady Gaga, and I'm like, got it. <laughs> I was like, I could work with that. Uh, and actually, at my workshop yesterday, uh, what I did was I did a beginning writing workshop, and for our writing exercise at the end, I had people write like. B movie scenes and everyone came out really funny. I was actually very impressed with, with with how good they all were. I actually I kept them all, and I was going to see if I could do something with them. Maybe I'm not sure, but it's, it's, it's I've, I have I have definitely taken to the theme and yeah, please do well, that'd and, be awesome. And um, yeah, there's also a there, there's a camp wide experience which is part of the the B movie, and then you're also showing the B movies at night for yeah. people to kind of get a feel for it. Exactly. So people who don't quite know what a B movie is, which is really hard to define in the first place and i won't get into it because it'll take forever but it's in the con book yeah it's in the con book (laughs) we'll give it to you guys to post if you want but basically it's uh we screen some b movies and uh we like to have games that are simple so it almost feels like you're not playing them but you're immersed in them Mm -hmm. until they kind of explode which will happen tomorrow but (laughs) but the idea is that people can have fun but it's not interfering with the rest of their camp yeah you can basically play the game and not play the game right yeah very cool um i think we have time for one more audience question and all right let you introduce Uh, yourself i'm hiker um oh hi hi hi, hiker I'd like to note quickly first that Hiker uh, started off as a art workshop student uh, when 99. Yes. Yeah, um, actually 98. 98. I started the very first year of Feral. Yeah, so 98 he was a workshop student. Hi. And what year did you start being a instructor? Jeez, uh, I think I started doing basic drawing workshops the next year and I was in way the hell over my head. Um, I stopped working on Constaff about f- five years into Feral. Uh, I've been back off and on for workshops since. Yeah, so he started as a um, student and ended up a teacher. Yeah. Ooh. It, it's, it's a good feeling. <laughs> on the whole, it's, it's a good feeling. But uh, reining it back in to, to keep with the camp theme, um, my personal favorite B-movie of all time is Your Hunter from the Future uh, with Reb Brown. Um, <laughs> you don't have to applaud for that. <laughs> I want to know from each of you what your favorite B-movies are. Wow. Ooh. Wow. Um, if I, I think you can technically... Con- 
it, it, was Cannibal the Musical low budget enough to qualify as a B movie? Oh yes. yes. Okay, <laughs> then I'm gonna go with that one. Wow, it's really it's really tough because I uh, am obsessed with B movies, and I'm also obsessed with the concept. Uh, I would have said Evil Dead Two growing up. Uh, but once I found out Evil Dead 2 was like almost like $4 million to make, I'm like, million? I'll yeah. never see a million bucks. So I actually stepped back. There was a movie that Mystery Science Theater made fun of called Pod People. Oh, oh my God. I was going to say that. Pod Trumpy. People is my yes. favorite B-movie. Trumpy, you, you can, can do, do stupid, stupid things. things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yay! Yay! So Pod People, definitely. I, w- I was actually thinking, can I say that? Does that count as a B-movie because it's so terrible yes. it's so terrible it's beautiful um <laughs> I, I also have a deep affection for the evil dead movies um but uh but yeah i have to say and i i've discovered pod people through mystery science theater and we i must have watched it like over a dozen times because it's just so funny my favorite mystery science theater by the way is the final sacrifice oh my god with zap roused <laughs> Um, I'm I'm gonna go classic you know, MST3K and go with Manos and the Hands Manos of Fate. Oh. oh my god! It's like may your forehead grow like the mighty oak. I actually think that that was harder to sit through than the room, and that's saying something. <laughs> yeah, Dork? No. Just just as a side note for Rikoshi, uh, the final sacrifice. Oh yeah, Canadian. Yeah, Southern Alberta. <laughs> that, that 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 movie has the bacony stick of Canada all over it. <laughs> So, so I think with um, with the, the 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 audience members who came up and Potoru, I think we have enough Canadian content to allow this to be produced in yeah, Canada. Yeah, Is that right? I, yeah, I think we've hit the three. At least, Is that okay? At least there, yeah, yeah. Okay, About awesome. One third. So it's good. Um, well, we are we are trying to keep this to a schedule. As I said, the musician circle is coming in after that, and you guys definitely need to stay for that because it is awesome. It will be right here. Um, before we go. A few notes. Um, if you want to learn more about Camp Farrell. If you would like to learn more about Camp Farrell. <laughs> <laughs> da, da, da. <laughs> Head to campfarrell.org for the sort of official stuff. Um, but if if you're not quite sure about it, we have a lot of fun online. Uh, Twitter is Camp Farrell. The Facebook is Camp Farrell. And the YouTube is also Camp Farrell. And we have a forum spring where if you'd like to ask Camp Farrell a question, as in the event is sentient and will answer your question, <laughs> um, go to forumspring.me slash Camp Farrell. How is your sex life? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it happens five days a year. <laughs> um, uh, Ah, well done, Potteroo. Well, well done. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and what about your music specifically? Oh, lordy. <laughs> if you want my my uh, solo stuff, uh, it's it's all on Bandcamp, so it ends with bandcamp.com. There's Rugoil for my solo stuff. And if you want to hear my high school band, it's Brillohead. That's B-R-I-L-L-O-H-E-A-D, Brillohead. Do you have any videos online? Videos are online on YouTube. <laughs> this is like such a plug fest. <laughs> That's YouTube. YouTube. Last five minutes. Yeah. That's what we do. YouTube.com uh, slash Potteroo, P-O-T-O-R-O-O, and you'll be able to find uh, performances, live performances, and also see me singing in a tree. Um, <laughs> please do not make fun of me. I oh, used this. I used a, No, you can laugh about the singing in a tree. Okay. I used a step to get up into the tree, which apparently has plagued me ever since. Next time, I will actually climb the tree and sing. I promise. Uh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, Black Tegan, if uh, if people want to f- discover your beautiful graphic novel, your totally legitimate storytelling form Again, graphic I, I novel. Again, I feel validated. Thank you. Um, we wanted to get those validations in. It's important. Yeah. It is. Uh, it's uh, Nordgard is the name of the series. Uh, you can find it www.nordgard.com. N-O-R-D, guard. Yes. N-O-R-D, G U A R D dot com. Oh, we are a writing podcast. <laughs> Achievement unlocked. <laughs> there has been a lot of beer, and it's been really good beer. So, um, yay! But yeah, if you, if you want, check it out. It's a cool graphic novel, and uh, I think you'll like it. Um. And if people want to check out other works by... Uh, we have uh, a lot of illustrations. You might know us in the fandom under Blotch, but our website would be... <laughs> you might have heard of their collaborative <laughs> team. Who? <Cool. laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, www.screwbald, which is screwbald, which, you yeah, know, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> dot com. <laughs> um, Rikoshi, do you have a couple of things to plug? Oh, yeah. Wow, that's right. Um... I have a writing blog that I update semi-frequently. It's just rikoshi.blogspot.com, but that's not really the best place to go. Um, (laughs) (laughs) There's a plug. Well, good. Thanks for informing us of that. No, no, no. I mean, I don't update it nearly as frequently as I update other things. Uh, I have a... a You're Rikoshi on FA? I am Rikoshi on Fur Affinity, and actually... um, According to the the Feral Con book, I am a prolific Twitterer. So apparently, my Twitter is like the Haps. So I'm just at Rikoshi on Twitter. <laughs> wow, the Haps. He said it. Man. Yeah. Wow. I, I think I think I'm getting like a like like contact buzz from sitting next to Tegan. I thought I thought it was like a B movie plot where you traveled back in time to the '80s. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty radical. Um, Dude. Yeah, it was totally tubular. <laughs> but yeah, I have stories online. I have, I have books. Um, right, and I write you, stuff. Yes, you have very good books online. I write words good. Um, Rikoshi's books and my books are available at sofawolf.com. Um, the, if you want to learn more about the podcast or listen to previous episodes, we are the user unsheathed on Fur Affinity. Um, you can write to us if you have questions. We often answer questions in email when we're not live at conventions at unsheathedpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you had one more thing. Yeah, to I just want to say, uh, Kyle and I also have books out through Fur Planet as well. Uh, that's right, Check we out. do. We have a, a, line of, net. a line of short novellas. It's yes. furplanet.com. Oh, that's right. They are, they are .com. And, uh, and since you mentioned that, I do have a new one of those coming out in about two weeks. It will debut at Rain First and be available online shortly thereafter. I like this one a lot. Um, my stuff is, I am Kyle Gold on Twitter, I'm Kyle on Fur Affinity, and Kyle Gold on LiveJournal, um, and... Facebook. Facebook but and really whatever. I, yeah. <laughs> whatever I, update, I update Facebook sometimes Facebook's when for people... college girls. What's your MySpace... Um, there is actually a Kyle on MySpace, which is not me. When you, if you Google K Y E L L, that's the only link in the top ten that comes up that is not related to me. Everybody, go to myspace.com/slash/kyle and ask a question. Yes, something about a Kyle Gold novel. Let's see yes. what happens. Um, and 
Lastly, we would just really like to thank all of you guys for coming up here. We know there's so much to do at Camp Farrell. You could be um, out there drinking. You could be out partying. You could be, uh, what else is going on now? Shooting archery in the dark, according to Kit. Um, which is, uh, you know, an activity they stopped after the tragic incidents of 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and we're just so thankful that you came to, to share an hour of your time with us, and uh, we hope you had fun. And, and one more thing, I would like a big hand for our producer, Wolf Kit. He, he, he makes all of this happen, and we literally could not do this show without him. And with that, are we done? We're clear. <laughs>